Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. So what's happening, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Welcome to the podcast. I got my buddy on the show today, Jay Vales, published a game designer with Victory Point Games. He's got a really cool space game called Conquest at Kismet. We're going to talk about his game a little bit today, talk about the process of how that game came to be. But then we're going to really dive into the power of the review. You know, I, I'm one of those guys that thinks uh, the review can, can be this magical thing sometimes. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's not. And so we're going to dive into uh, the power a review really has, positive reviews, negative reviews, all that. Uh, Jay's got some really cool insight and a really cool perspective on that. And so, Jay, welcome to the show, man. Hi, how you doing? Doing great, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I met Jay over at the Board Game Design Forum, bgdf.com. It's a really great place. If you're a game designer or you want to be a game designer and you're not at the Board Game Design Forum, uh, I want to just invite you over there. It's a really cool place, really cool community. Uh, I met Jay over there just trying to work on games and try to make games better, make them the best we can. So uh, if you want to sure. make your game better, come on over there, hang out with us. We'll uh, we'll let you know if your game's any good or not, and you can tell me my game's not any good, and we'll just have fun uh, learning <laughs> together. Uh, but, Jay, let's let's just dive right in. So Conquest at Kismet, tell, me, tell them about the game. Tell people about the game uh, if they've never heard about it. Okay, so the game Conquest at Kismet is a space sci-fi themed uh, game where two motherships are battling over uh, the Kismet sector of the Rakarok galaxy. And it's uh, I actually chose all these words um, carefully because they mean certain things. Kismet means uh, fate. It's another word for fate. Uh, Rakarok is another word for luck, which is a very big part of my uh, game mechanic. And um, in this game, you it's kind of a... It was not really a collectible card game, more of an LCG or living card game, as uh, you know, Fantasy Flight would like to call it, where you have a card game that has expansions that can you know enhance the game, but you can you can play without the expansions and play the base game. Okay, um, the game primarily runs on two mechanics. The first one is uh, a cooldown mechanic, uh, which is kind of like a modification of uh, Magic's tap mechanism, where if you use a card, you turn it sideways 90 degrees. But in this game, if you use something, a particular thing called a support, you turn it a particular direction, and then every uh, click, uh, there is a thing called a time phase, where it will uh, turn 90 degrees clockwise until it's upright. And then once it's upright, you can use it again. It's just kind of this uh, intuitive way of um, of determining your abilities and getting your abilities out and everything. So uh, you, uh, the second thing is uh, lottery-style combat. And it seems kind of odd to have that in a combat card game but uh it it's very more it's very thematic and i can get more into that in a little bit so yeah and i love i love the mechanic the cooldown mechanic i think that's the best part of the game just the coolest most innovative part where because it simulates having to wait you know as opposed to like magic where you know i've got the card i tap it and then next turn i can use it again well yours your game simulates having to really wait for this weapon or this power ability to be ready again and so uh you're you're really having to manage when you use something and wanting to make sure you use it at the right time so that it's available again at the right time and all that so i think that's you know probably the really uh the coolest part 
of your game. And so just tell me how, how did the game come to be? Give me, give me the, the details on that process. Okay. So, uh, I've, wow. I started getting introduced by board games. I know this is kind of a different question, but this kind of relates into it. Uh, a long time ago, 2002, when I was going to school for game design and my professor at the time, he had just started at the school, uh, Alan Emmerich, and he's actually the guy who coined the phrase 4X. Mm-hmm. So if you guys heard of the game named 4X, that was coined by my 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 professor. And so he had talked about wanting to open up a, a board game studio to help students, you know, release board game designs, bef- you know, uh, to be published before they can actually, uh, so they can find a job. Yeah. And so uh, I had gone, finished the program, and he had gone and still worked at the school while building up this company. And so he got that going on. Um, and in the back of my mind, you know, I started getting more into analog games, which he introduced me to. And so I started um, – but it wasn't something like I had – I had just been introduced. Like I'd played Magic since like '94. Right. I've been I've been playing Risk. I played all kinds of board games, but not really something as like, hey, this is something that I could actually get into. So, um, you know, as time went on, I got more board games, and uh, you know, I had this kind of idea like, oh, it'd be really cool if I could create a card game, but I just never thought it was anything that would be in my reach at all. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, uh, you know, fast forward, I've worked in the game industry. Now I'm teaching game design uh, as a professor of game design. And uh, I go back to my old professor and I, hey, I get his notes and I start, you know, modifying it because it's a different generation. And so so I'm teaching these things. And um, one of the things I teach about is uh, conflict resolution, right? You have two pieces that can conflict in a game and something happens and you got to res- resolve some kind of conflict somehow, right? Yeah. Whether it's by dice, right? And I talk about how, like, in dice, you can use, like, what is called a dice uh, hit-to-hit modifier where you're rolling a dice. If you hit five or six, you automatically hit, right? Or you do a, a kind of modifier, like in most RPGs, where it's like you roll, you compare the numbers, had modifiers, whatever, and then you compare who has a higher number, and whoever has the higher number wins. That yeah. it's it's a that's like a modifier. And there was several things that I've kind of put in there that was given to me. And one of the things was a thing called lottery. And uh, I thought it was kind of interesting because I teach my I would teach my students just like it was taught to me that hey the lottery system is used in a game. What is it like like video games called like it's like Civilization, um, Age of Empires. It basically is it's a simulated tumbler. Right, a tumbler like you know the things that you see in a bingo. Yeah. Right, and so you put in a colored ball, right? Like they say it's blue, right? Blue would be miss, and then red would be hit, right? And you keep putting these balls in, right? And ultimately, one ball is going to be coming out of the tumbler, and that will be the result. Yeah. Right, and so uh, the beauty of having a tumbler is that you can put different effects into this tumbler like a, you can put a green one that means that you poison them mm-hmm. you can put a, a a pink one that says if that says it's double attack mm-hmm. right and you can put all these different things and that makes the tumbler more rich yeah right it 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 makes it so that you don't know what's going to come out right so you pull it out and it, it the the chance of you pulling a particular you know you know effect is the same as if you would pull, and it, now it's like an odds game, right? Right. So, I kept 
teaching that to my students. And I was very fascinated by it. I thought, that'd be really cool if you can incorporate that with a card game or something like that. And I keep telling my students that. And for a long time, for years, I was like looking, waiting for someone to actually put that into a game design because I thought that was just brilliant. It's just a brilliant idea to do that because game, because uh, combat would be like so exciting. So I thought, well, if no one's going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it. Might as well be me. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I put this in the back of my head that somehow I'm going to incorporate this kind of combat into a card game that may or may not happen, right? And so one year, uh, I was, it was like a couple years ago, it was 2014, end of 2014. Um, it, it, gosh, this is sad. So one of my friends died. Oh. And uh, he died of alcohol poisoning. And like the next month, my my uh, my my godfather died. Uh, so it was really rough. Yeah. And uh, during that time, uh, I watched the movie Ender's Game. Yeah, you know that movie Ender's Game. Yeah, Harrison Ford. And, yeah. Yes. Yes. That yeah. one. Uh, the uh, so at the very end of the movie, the main child character uh, Ender, right, mm-hmm. is uh, contemplating on uh attacking the alien planet right and so uh he has this this super blaster cannon that literally creates this hole in the alien fleet which has kind of come up from the planet to defend the planet Mm -hmm. and so he uses it creates this big hole and then he tells he asks one of his uh you know people hey how long do i have before i have this gun again and she goes six minutes Mm -hmm. and that next six minutes where he's trying to get the fleet to go through the hole at the same time trying to buy time for this this thing to recharge was like a lot of tension in it, mm-hmm. right? It was a lot of like, you know, is he going to do it? If not, can, can you pull it off? And I thought, man, that's kind of brilliant, actually. Yeah. I was like, it'd be really cool if you can kind of wait and see and i thought wow i i could if i can incorporate that into a card game that'd be like really cool and so um on another front i i was playing another game called netrunner yeah uh and netrunner that the the reincarnation of netrunner by fantasy flight games uh has this this little card where you have you have um so many clicks yeah right Per turn, right? Mm-hmm. That essentially, what the you have a runner and a corporation. The runner is tr- is a hacker. The corporation is like the corporation. They're they're building up, uh, you know, servers. The hacker is trying to get in. But each turn, depending on whose turn it is, the corporation has four things during that turn. The first one is they draw a card, and then they have three clicks to do whatever they want, which is listed, you know, in there. So they basically have four things they they could do during a turn. Right. The runner has four clicks. So if they want four cards, they can get four cards they want to, whatever. It's the the, the fact is they they have four actions during their turn. Right. And I had thought of uh, creating a method because they give you this little card and they have these chits and it's like confusing. I don't know, like when I do a click, do I put the chit on the card or do I move it from one to two? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it doesn't really tell you how to use it it just is like this card and it says one two three or one two three four I'm like uh, what does that mean uh so practically it just didn't make sense so i thought well if you can put it on a card and if you turn it right right every fourth turn you'll end up 
in the in the right position. So I'm like, you know, why don't I just do that? And so I just created my own card that just indicated, and that way when it turned, I knew exactly what click I was in based on my turn, right? And so all this kind of come up comes up to a head, and I start thinking maybe I can just make a board a card game because I was trying to mourn for my you know my relatives or whatever and my friend. But at the same time, I was kind of being real creative. And so I started putting all these things together uh, with the help of my students. I was kind of asking them. And um, I thought to myself, if I'm going to create a card game, I have to start from the very beginning. Like I have to start with a theme like, does, excuse me, does this cooldown thing work for any other genre? Mm -hmm. And so I started exploring things like Western or like, uh, you know, fantasy or like sports. I started just looking into all these things. You know, I had sci-fi in mind, but like I just wanted to be sure that I covered all the bases. So I was looking at different genres and I was looking at this whole combat mechanic system. I was like, does that work with, you know, steampunk? Eh, Maybe, I don't know. Um, And so I was exploring that and I thought, Oh, here's what it can do. You know, I have a ship, and then the ship could have these supports that are attached to them, and you have limited attachments to the ship, and that way uh, it forces the player to choose what they need to have. Right? It's like bag space in a you know a video game. Like you can you can carry as many as you want, but you only are limited to you know the space in the backpack, which you know. That's cool, you know. And, and in in uh, game design, I was taught that uh, fun starts comes from meaningful, cool decisions. Right. Right. So, if you beat a game, you kind of relish in the fact that you decided certain things that ultimately led to your victory. You know, when you talk, when you you know are fighting with somebody, say for example, you're a PvP against somebody, right? And you just shoot that one hit that nails them in the head, and it was just like you knew you shot it, you pulled the trigger at the right time, and you talk about that because you decided to pull the trigger at that particular moment. And those are the things that create stories. And right. so I thought, wow, um, if I can give more choices to the player rather than giving it, you know, setting out to look, it's, 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 uh, it makes it more rich for the player. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I played magic. I've been playing magic for, you know, a long, long time. And, uh, you know, um, one of the things about magic and was brilliant for its time was that you put the resources into the car, the deck, mm-hmm. right? You pull out the resources and when the resources come out, you can use it to, you know, power your magic, you know? And, the problem with that was that sometimes you would have uh, what is called mana flood, where you have all resources and nothing to to cast. <laughs> right. Or like the opposite, where you have like all these really cool spells, but you have no resources pulling out of your deck to to power them. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Right. But was brilliant during that time, and you know, Magic owns that really, really well. So um, I wanted to create it so that. Uh, Essentially, what you do is if you have, uh, like, say you have Mana Starve or what's Mana Flood, I'm sorry, Mana Starve, where you don't have enough resources, your cards are basically dead in your hand, right? Like, you cannot use any of those cards until you have the resources. They they just pretty much just take up space, and that that's 
that's not really player choice, right? It's like you're kind of locked into the strategy that the game provides for you, you know? And so what I did was instead of having resources coming out from a deck, I just said, hey, you're just going to get all the resources, right? And, you know, all the resources every turn. And you decide how you want to divvy up your cards, you know, how you want to choose which card you want. And so, like, uh, thematically, it, meant, it ended up being this, like, well, you're in a ship that's a big mothership. The mothership has a core, and the core never really expands during the game, but it recharges, right. which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, at every pulse or click, your your battery or your core will recharge to full, and then you have X amount of resources to divvy up however you want to, Yeah, which makes sense, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. like... What I would do is I would have uh, cards in your hand that you can actually that 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 are never above your 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 maximum like energy limit, and so you can always like slap down any kind of card anytime you can, so that all your options are open, mm-hmm. you know. So the captain so, of the starship could say, "Hey, put all power to shield, put all power to this or that," and it makes it makes sense, and you can kind of simulate that in the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, you know, I'm you know I know I'm kind of going random places but it all kind of comes together in my in my in my game so um the game was essentially for my students i wanted to make the game so that my students would have something to play you know or or have to to show my students that i could actually do it right you know you're not just out there talking about it yeah yeah Yeah. And, and, and um once i did it i just made it a really compact two player 50 card 50 card you know, mothership against mothership kind of game. I didn't want to make it too crazy, although I got a lot of suggestions. Um, and once I got that um, mechanic down, I started creating the cards. And then for like six months, uh, from like January 2015 to like, oh man, like June, I just went to conventions and then I play tested the crap out of it. And I, I, you know, had my students play test it and they gave me suggestions and I kept modifying it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I feel honestly lucky because, uh, since the company that I published is my old professor and it's like right near my house, it was very fortunate for me to be able to make quick changes yeah. on the fly and be able to create a prototype not long after I make the change, right. you know, but let's talk about that. So, so that your old professor started victory point games yeah. And I walk me through, tell me about how, you know, he decided to publish your game. I mean, you already had the relationship, but you got your foot in the door, of course. Uh, but like, what, what happened next? Cause he's not just going to publish any old game. I mean, you had to have a quality game he thought was going to yeah. sell. So how did that happen? Like, how did that work? Yeah. Out? Well, that, that's okay. So, um, I had, uh, previously worked for him, you know, like, uh, I worked a year, uh, you know, at the company, uh, just creating, just, um, building games and stuff. So, uh, I always told myself that I would, and what I didn't really say is that I've actually submitted before uh, other games. Uh, one game, I, I, there was one game I can't really remember what I The second game I, I turned in was, it was supposed to be a deck builder game that focused on dueling magic. But it wasn't dueling magic as in fantasy magic. It was dueling magic as in like sleight of hand. <laughs> like pulling and, rabbits oh, out of your hat and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what what the what the it would be like ascension ish and basically everything from the main pile were objects mm-hmm. and then you would actually build a magic trick and then you would 
create a show yeah. based on the, the, the objects you you got and then you built magic tricks off of that. <laughs> it's funny. I was uh, – so I, I, I sent that idea to my buddy who was, uh, you know, the main – uh, game designer, he you know takes in all the submissions, and uh, he took in my 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 idea and all the cards, and I showed him how to play it. And then after a week, he came up to me and said, "The mechanics are good, but the game isn't fun." <laughs> oh man, that's oh oh, it hurts. oh it hurts. talk about stab to the heart, yeah, right? <laughs> right. And he said it so coldly, and I sat there I'm like, "Oh, I don't know if I can even do a card game after yeah. this." So, um. I guess the third time was the charm, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I I went to you know submit it, and I, I was nervous, you know, just like any other, you know. But I, I didn't want to make it so that I was in because I was, you know, I used to be employee, and I, yeah, I know right. that you know, saying like that. So I went to their submission uh, every week. They had this submission um, kind of session where you could come and bring your game, and you know. And I just wanted to start from the ground up. I didn't want to start like, you know, as you know, the top, I wanted to actually see if this game was actually legit. And so like I came in from the bottom and one guy played it, didn't even play two turns. And he goes, I like this game. I was like, it was the same guy that told me that my game wasn't fun. Yeah. Of the other game. So he's going to he be goes, honest with you. <laughs> no, no, no. So I knew he was not, <laughs> yeah. like, he wasn't like, you know, dicking around. Right. So he comes up to me and he goes, I like this game. And I was like, Wait, wait, really? He's like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't know if that was, you know, I, I needed more of a confirmation. So I literally just went through every single person in the office and I asked them to play the game, and every single one, even all the way up to, you know, the top, my, my, my boss, my, my, my friend who was my, my former professor, yeah. he said he liked it. He was really good. I was, like, this is very clever. I like this. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Feels wow. good, yeah. Yeah, it does. So, uh, you know, the the great thing about the time that was happening, you know, submitting everything. I submitted it kind of in January of 2015, and actually doing all the cards and making all the you know making everything work is that uh, it. I was mourning, you know, from you know the losses that I had earlier, and. What that did was it helped me focus because it was my energy redirected into something productive. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that, it really gave me this kind of uh, jump start into creating my game. And so when I created the game, you know, it, it, it gave me motivation to move forward and to go to these places and to try and, you know, you know, you go and try and promote your game, and if you're one person, it's tough because you can go to a convention and not get any plays, you know? And you can go to a convention and play 12 hours a day nonstop for three days, you know what I mean? I've had both. And so uh, it's it, it's it's a hard road. It's a very hard road, especially when you're trying – even when you have the, the backing of a publisher, you know? I mean, and, and let's be honest, Victory Point Games is kind of a small beans publisher – but, you know, uh, even if you have a backing of a publisher, it's still kind of difficult to kind of, you know, get your name out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? for, but for me, I wanted to just plan everything from square one. And so planning things, I had to really go back. What is the graphic design? I have to really make sure that the graphic design makes you looks looks right. It's clear. It's, uh, 
you know, readable, you know, it's, it's, uh, simple, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels simple. And so, um, I made all these decisions knowingly and, you know, um, you learn stuff along the way. It doesn't mean that you're the, 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 that, that it's going to translate into sales, but it just means that, you know, I've, I've planned for a lot of things, you know? All right. So the game comes out. How, how did it get into the hands of reviewers and, and you know, like how, how did that happen? Because if I remember right, there's kind of an interesting story of you and one of the dice tower guys and him getting your okay. game, right? <laughs> so, uh, when you go out and you test, you start beating certain people, mm-hmm. right? And uh, one of the things I went to during this time of testing was I went to this thing called Star Wars Celebration um, in Anaheim, and for some reason I ended up getting press. And so, um, I wanted the, the game just came out called Imperial Assault, yeah. And so I wanted to play it. I wanted to check it out. Actually, I wanted to check out. Um, x-wing but that the whole anyway so the only thing that was open was uh imperial assault and there was this guy there i talked to him and he happens to be one of the, the um game designers uh for fantasy flight games uh which was like an incredible connection so like i got to get to know him i got his email address i got his card and we start communicating with each other um as this is, this is going along i get an opportunity to go to uh, Gen Con, first time ever, never been to Gen Con before. Yeah. And so, uh, what I do is I start, I start planning around this thing, and then I tell this guy, "Hey, I'm going to be at Gen Con. Can you be there? And you can you can play my game. I'll show you my game, and that's cool." He said, "Totally cool. I'd love to, you know, check out your game." And with me, I was like, "Well, I know my game is not ready yet, but I." And, and and Gen Con is a place that's like sixty thousand people. Yeah, that's right. all. No. And now is this before your game came out? Before the game came okay, out. Okay, yeah. so this is pre-published. Pre-published, yeah. And so I was like, if I'm going to get this game approved, I want the best people to see it yeah. and see what they think, right? And so one of my goals going to Gen Con, I don't know how. I said I'm just going to try and get. Was it specifically Z Garcia to play my game? Yeah, right. And it was just such a lofty, you know, top of a really lofty goal to get that hap- to, to happen. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So, um, because I knew I've watched those reviews, um, and Z likes kind of abstractish kind of games. Mm-hmm. He likes the sci-fi, he likes card games, and you know, I, and to be honest, it was like. Anybody from the Dice Tower would have been right. sufficient. You know what right. I mean? It was like, oh, it'd be really cool. So um, I was at the Fantasy Flight presser, right? Press release, um, you know, thing. And uh, I went there to record. I was doing something for another uh, company. And uh, I looked over and I'm like, oh, that's that's Sam Healy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Seagard. Oh, oh, my gosh, the Dice Tower is here. Yeah. They're on the other side of the of the room. And the room is like the standard ballroom size. So I'm like, I'm, I've never been this close to them before, yeah. right? So I'm fanboying out a little bit, doing my job. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. <laughs> um, and so my goal afterward was just rush up to them and just try and talk to them and maybe get something, right? right. So I rush up to Sam and I say, hey, Sam, I, I was like, how am I going to make it so that I'm, I'm not totally shilling my game? Yeah. I, and I said, 
oh, I do. I heard you like card games. Yeah, yeah. I heard you like sci-fi. Well, I'm telling you, I got a, an advanced copy of one of Victory <laughs> Point Games' newest games about to come out called Conquest of Kismet. He's like, oh, okay. I think I can do that. And I'm like, really? And so he's all we, we kept we, we kind of you know chit chat a little bit and so i kind of gave him that hook like hey it's victory point games and i know you like victory point mm-hmm. games. yeah i've heard of them they're cool and i'm like yeah yeah it'd be really cool if you can check this out and that, it just happens to be behind my game right right <laughs> it's just as it happens who would have thought you know so he gave me his number and i was like oh cool he's like yeah we just you know just talk to me tomorrow and uh, and I, I got his he gave, i got my number and then he says well we'll just talk and i thought that would be it. I was like, right. yeah, you know, right. it's like, cause that guy's busy. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I was busy and I was pressed. Just imagine how busy he was. Cause he's like, you know, the echelon the, yeah. you know, of, of game reviewing. Right. So, um, uh, you know, I'm doing my thing and, you know, I really just kind of ignored it. And then I got this call. Hey, um, this is Sam Healy. I was wondering if you were still on for playing your game. I was like, well, what? We, what? I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, Yeah. Uh, but but I was wondering if you wanted to join, uh, play a game with me and some uh, uh, you know another guy. And I'm like, yeah. yes, I would love to. So this and is so, Sam or Z? This is Sam. Sam, okay. Yeah, and so he, he and I was like, he, he invited me to play a game with him. That, that's fucking amazing, you know. So so I was like, oh oh. And so I, I I you know planned it out. I go to him. We play this game, which was actually someone else trying to you know review uh, to, uh, try and like show his game off to him some power plant game it was interesting but we we played this game and you know it was like an hour and a half and you know i'm sitting next to sam and i'm just like trying to hey hey sam you know and and just but not being like too overly like fanboyish right and um then he gets to play my game and i'm like oh my gosh this is amazing uh and he plays my game and he's like he loves he loves the game except the fact that he didn't like the art you know uh and he's very much an art which i understand yeah um and so I said, well, this art's kind of finalized. I think this is what's going to be. Okay, well, you know, that I think to me personally, I think that would be good. But the game is good. I'm like, oh, great. Sweet. That's just awesome. Like, yes. Yeah. So, um, so I talked to him. Fast forward um, several months later, uh, my game is released, right? Board Game Geek Con, right? Uh, our company has a booth at Board Game Geek Con in Dallas, Texas. I've never been to game geek con and a board game geek con con is a is a small convention where it's it's kind of equalized right gen con you can go and if you have a big if you're a big company you can have a big space as much as your uh, budget affords you right so like fantasy flight has a really huge space whereas an independent publisher will have a teeny tiny like booth right um at board game geek con, everybody's equalized. There's no company that can have any more than two booths in the convention, which equalizes everybody. So I'm coming in and with Victory Point Games. We have two booths, but our booths, instead of being next to each other, like most most of them are, we're across from each other. So we basically like are this this gate. Like you can't pass by without passing by one side. It's like it was brilliant. It still is. It did this year. Um, so um, they gave me this small little like you know was it a round table, standing round table, and it was this really small spot you know on on the you know on the side and um, 
And because Board Game Geek Con is small, I saw Sam again. I said, hey, Sam, what's going on? And then I met Z. And I said, hey, Z, it'd be really cool if you can check out my game. I'd love for you to check out my game. I actually invited Tom, too, but Tom Tom was busy, right? Um, but it's one of those things, again, where it's like you, you put the offer up, but you don't know if they're going to take you up on the offer. Yeah. Right? And so uh, I'm sitting there you know, do my game. He comes up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Sam, I it, mean, it, Z. And I show him like a few turns of my game and he's like, Oh, well, this is really interesting. And in the back of my mind, I know, I know that, uh, dice tower, they get tons of submissions. Oh yeah. I mean like they get they're, they're They have a queue that's like hundreds of games long. Mm-hmm. And so like Sam's, I mean, Z said something that really kind of impressed me. He goes, Oh, well, you know what? I think, I will go through – I think we have – I'm pretty sure we have it. I know we have it. I'm going to go through the queue and pull it out and review it. I was like, what? Awesome. I mean to know that your game was that good enough for someone to pull it out of a queue to do that, that it's just a, this is an ultimate compliment, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I was able to get that. And then I, I talked to another guy, Mark Street, who's a board game corner, and uh, he loved the game too. And uh, ultimately, he actually took a hiatus, and he, when he came back, he reviewed my game, and he loved the game too. And so I'm like, you know, it it, it it's it's good to, con- to you know feel hear confirmation that that like your her work is like paying off, you right. know, and it, it, it's pretty crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I remember seeing the the review Z did. This is even before we even really knew each other. I remember yeah. seeing that the review of your game before I even knew it was yours, and he liked it. You know, he talked about it, it was good. He liked the the system, the the cooldown systems. He thought it was really innovative. He enjoyed it. He said, you know, you should buy it. It gave you a the ultimate compliment from a reviewer saying, hey, I like this game. You should too. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And so, gosh, that's like just an incredible confirmation that all your hard work, all the time and effort and energy, all the play testing and going to conventions and talk about, I think your story speaks a lot to how important conventions are uh, with all these different angles, but all that comes together. And then people say, it's good. I like it. It's fun. You should buy it. But then, but then what happened next? Well, I mean, you, you have a game, uh, but it's not without critics. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, one of the, uh, there, there was, my, my game was criticized for three things. One, not enough content. Okay. So I have two motherships going against each other. They're pretty much static decks, which is like, you didn't, there's no modification involved. And so, uh, there were a couple of reviewers that says, I don't like the game because it doesn't have enough. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I wish there was more content. That's a big one. And some people were like, I'm not going to buy it because it's not enough content. Wow. Um, that uh, also compared – not compared to – like against the fact that it's an American-made game. Mm-hmm. The publishing costs are a little high. So for a game that's two decks, 50 cards each, that doesn't really modify. There's not really much you know, in terms of like you know variety. Yeah. That's $30. It's still kind of high. Mm-hmm. so a lot of that was a price point so the second thing that was an issue was the art sam healy remember i talked about that talked about that some people just didn't like it mm-hmm. it shows this kind of graphic designy kind of look yeah it's very it. simple it's it, it looks yeah. really good i like it but it's it's not like fantasy flight with tons of just aliens yeah. and all these kind of crazy pictures my and all that. yeah my, my inspiration was this game called um glory to rome yeah the black box yeah absolutely came out with this thing called a black box mm-hmm. which was like 
you know, really, really done beautifully. And I thought that I could achieve that. So that's the second one. The third one was, um, see, not enough content, the art. Oh, the card quality. Mm-hmm. And that's something I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah, it's uh, not on you. <laughs> you know, so, it, it, you know, the card quality is basically just hard card stock, but it wasn't like, you know, uh, laminated. The, the linen finish or anything? It wasn't like that. Yeah. And because my game requires you to shuffle, that quality can go down really quick. And that was a big, big, big thing gotcha. that I couldn't control. And so uh, despite the fact that the game itself was quote-unquote brilliant, it was really good, got good reviews, it, the engine was was smart, it was very creative, it was unique, it didn't translate as much as terms of sales as I would like to. Um, I mean, I got money from it, but it wasn't like I, I, you know, got, you know, it wasn't a runaway hit, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, ultimately, you know, it, it underperformed, you right. know? So, um, so what can people learn from, from your experience? Like how do we kind of redeem this story and kind of teach other people that are maybe looking for that magic bullet, you know, like, gosh, if, if Tom Vassell or Z Garcia would just review my game and give it a, a thumbs up, then I'd sell a million copies. I'd be, you know, I'd be the next ticket to ride guy. I'd be at the next Alan moon or whatever, but obviously that's not necessarily the case. So what, what can, what can we learn from, from what you've been through? Well, here's the, here's the funny thing. Like I, I had come in from my experience in the game industry, right? I had, I come up with one theory and the theory was the idea is not enough, mm-hmm. right? Someone thinks that they have an idea and it's like, oh my gosh, they, they think it's going to you know, change the world. But it's not the idea. Ideas, I say ideas are worthless. Mm-hmm. It's ideas plus hard work, right? Right. So ideas plus hard work. You implement your idea through hard work and you'll be able to be successful. That was my theory before. Now, going through this whole process of creating a guard game, I've had to add something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> which I had learned, which I knew, but I had to learn in a hard way. So it's idea plus hard work plus marketing. Yeah. Right? And it's like I was only one man, and I could only take the game so far. Right? And so that is – that was really tough for me because like I couldn't get the wide berth that like, you know, some other places got like, uh, there's a company called Bushy road that makes like this card game called buddy fight and card fight Vanguard. But they have like teams of people that go out and they introduce the game to more people and more people and at the different conventions and they go out to different conventions. Like, Oh my gosh, that the, the kind of reach you have is far greater than one person can do. And it's, it's a it's a team effort. It's not just like one person. Yeah, I could be a designer, but it's not me. It's like the person that's like you know, uh, you know, secretary at Victory Point Games, or the person that's like you know that tested it like a few times. Like it's those people too, you know, and the people that um, you have that reach that 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 evangelize your game, you know, more or less. And it's it's a it's a lot more than people think. I mean, people, you know, one people think that board games is an easy like barrier it's a low barrier to get in yeah it's a low barrier to get in but it's just an it's an industry just like everything else there's a lot of things you have to be aware of it's not only just your idea your idea has to be good you have to market it you have to be able to put a lot of hard work into it you have to be smart about it you can't just like you know so there's a lot of games i see that just burn gears you know it's like okay, it's cool but it really looks like this game and i would rather play that game <laughs> right 
You know what I mean? And so, and it's, it's, there's a lot of that involved and it's like, it's kind of this, this maze of like this corn maze of stuff you got to weave through and find the right path. And you can't just barrel right in thinking that you're going to find the exit, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, it's, 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 it's mind blowing how much stuff you have to learn. I mean, it's really engineering if you look at it. It's not just an idea, implement the idea, you have to practically create something, you have to test the practical idea, you have to continue to test the practical idea in the same way engineering works too, right? You create a new robot or something like that, you have to to find the idea, you have to get the material, you have to program it, you have to put it together, and then you have to test a robot, and then you have to keep testing the robot because there's so many things that could go wrong before it goes out, and that's engineering, that's just like video game design. Absolutely. you know, and then even if you create the greatest robot in the world, if nobody knows about it, it you, you know it doesn't matter. And you know that's something uh, Jamie Stegmeier talks about a lot with oh, yeah. building a community and having ambassadors and having people on your team that can kind of help you uh, be the, the the feet on the ground, you know, and mobilizing people to to get your game out there and get your game played. And that's actually just kind of where we are in all creative realms right now. You know, I was talking to uh, some agents, uh, some book book literary agents with, with book deals and all that stuff a few months ago. I've, I've written a book, and I was just talking to agents, and they didn't ask me a single thing about my idea, nothing about the book, nothing about, you know, the story, nothing of that. All they cared about was how many likes on Facebook I have. How many yeah. how many Twitter followers do you have? You yeah. know, and since I don't have some huge following, they're like, sorry, good luck to you. I mean, they don't. it's not even about the, the idea. It's not even about uh, the hard work you put in as much as it is about the community in their eyes and game design game board games are kind of getting in the same way. It's so crowded and so noisy now, you know, with this renaissance of gaming. And so you really have to be building that community at all times as you're building your game, you got to be building your community. Otherwise you're going to launch it and it's just not going to do as well as you hope. Even if you get good reviews, even if the idea is great and even if everything's wonderful, the odds are stacked, stacked against you. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know what you do is you just step back. You know you have a good idea. You dust your you dust the dirt off, and then you try again, yeah. which is going to be which is something I can't really talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still working. Uh, you didn't you didn't just call it a day, and that's that's so good. A lot of people they run into these roadblocks and they give it up. You know they just kind of walk away because it's hard. So that is our show. Jay, really appreciate you being here. I uh, appreciate your insight on, you know, the review not being the magic bullet that you still got to get out there. You got to build that community, build the email list, build the Facebook group, whatever it is. Uh, because if nobody knows about your game, it could be the greatest game in the world. You know, have great reviews and all that, but it's still not going to uh, do as well as you as you hope. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to have you, you know, interview me. And, you know, it's, you know, me talking about this actually gives me, it helps me a lot too. You know, it helps me, you know, kind of reflect back and, and see what, you know, not, not only, I, you know, it helps remind me that my game was actually not as bad as I thought it was, <laughs> but it actually just helps me realize that I need to keep going, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Just keep fighting, man. Fighting that good fight. But anyway, we're going to go into a bonus round. Go into the bonus round. We'll talk to Jay about Take That Games, what makes a good Take That Game. His game's a, a really cool uh, modified Take That Game. It's not one of those sim- you know, simple, I play this card, you play that card, and I'll see what happens, like a lot of Take That Games. It's, there's a lot of depth, a lot of thoughts and uh, uh, decisions you have to make for the game to be successful. So we're going to talk about that with him in the bonus round. If you want to check out the bonus round, go over to BoardGameDesignLab.com. You can get all the uh, bonus material, all the show notes from every episode on the podcast. 
podcast and a lot of really cool stuff over there. We also give away free games from time to time, so you want to check that out and get some really other, uh, really cool other stuff on the site. So check that out as well. Anyway, appreciate you tuning in, tuning into the podcast, and have a good one. Thanks for listening. Find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at BoardGameDesignLab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?